Welcome to Illuminating the Scriptures, a study of Nevi'im. In this series, we explore the words of the prophets and delve into the meaning and significance of these sacred texts. Sefer Yeshaya, the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 8 through 13. This passage is describing how God is sending Isaiah on his mission to prophesy to the Jewish people. According to many commentators, including Rashi, this was actually the first prophecy that Isaiah received. Verse 8, Vo'eshma, and I heard, Eskoil Hashem, the voice of the Lord, the voice of God, Oimer, saying, Esmi Eshlach, who shall I send? Umi Yelach Lanu, who will go on our behalf for us? Vo'eimar, and I answered, the prophet responding, Hineni, behold, here I am, Shalacheni, send me. The plural of umi who shall go for us can be understood in light of First Kings chapter 22, the book of Job, the first chapter, where we see God operates through a heavenly court. That's how God chooses to operate, and He does His bidding here on earth, at least sometimes, through a heavenly court. Verse 9, Vayoymer, this is God speaking, and He said, Go and tell these people, Shimu Shamaya, here you shall hear. In other words, you should listen. But but my prediction is that you will not understand. You will see, but you will not come to knowledge. Verse 10. The heart of this people, of this nation, is fattened. And his ears are heavy. And his eyes are plastered, they're covered over. Penyira be'enav, lest he see with his eyes, v'aznav yishma, and he hears with his ears, ulvava yavin, he'll understand with his heart, v'ashav, he'll return, repent, v'rafalai, he will be healed. What the prophet is saying over here, what God is telling the prophet is, I have a message. In general, I'm going to tell you, uh, give you words to speak to the people, but the people have fattened their hearts because subconsciously, they are frightened of hearing and understanding and coming to knowledge because they recognize that if they'll come to knowledge, they'll have to repent and they're happy with their sinful life. They're comfortable with their sinful life. They don't want to repent. So therefore, they prevent themselves from hearing the truth and the, the real understanding of the message of the prophet. This is one interpretation. There's actually Rashi's interpretation and many commentators work with this interpretation of these two verses, verse 9 and verse 10. Maimonides and others, including the Ibn Ezra, have a different interpretation of these verses, and I will read the verses now according to their interpretation. Verse 9, Vayomer, and he said, God said, Leich go tell these people, Shimu Shamaya, listen, hear, Valtavinu, but don't understand, this is all part of God's words to the people, Uru'ura'ai, See, va'al teido, but do not understand. Hashmein leva amazeh, this verse 10, God is talking to the prophet and he's telling him to fatten the hearts of the people. Va'oznav hachbeit, make his ears heavy. Ve'enav hasha, and plaster his eyes, cover over his eyes. God is t- telling the prophet and commissioning the prophet to do this to the people, to make it that they should not be able to understand. The way the prophet will accomplish this is by declaring God's word in this world, that accomplishes God's purpose in this world. The way 
God works. He created the world by declaring words, let there be light. And there was light. God's words came into this world and then things happened. That's how it is with the prophets. The prophets declare God's word and then what God wants to happen now is happened. This is the mechanism through which God operates. So he's telling Isaiah to fatten the hearts of the people, to make their ears heavy and to cover over their eyes. Penyir of Einav, lest he see with his eyes of Oznav Yishma, he will hear with his ears, Ulavava Yavin, his heart will understand, Vashav, and then he'll repent, Virafalai, and he'll be healed. This is all God talking according to this interpretation. That God is scared, he doesn't want that the people should repent and be healed. Now, the obvious question on this interpretation is that in chapter 1, God encourages the people to repent. He calls the people to repent and he promises them. It seemed like the people are doubtful if repentance will work and he tells them no. He, he guarantees that the repentance will work. In chapter 1, verse 18, he, he, he sort of argues with the people. I'm telling you, if, if your sins would be like red wool, they'll, they'll be white like snow. So what is it? Does God want the people to repent or does he not want the people to repent? And I think the answer can be found in chapter 1 itself, together with the continuation of this chapter. With this question in mind, let's read verses 11, 12, and 13, and then we'll come back to try to find an understanding to this question. V'oymar, there's a prophet talking, this is verse 11. Ad Masai Hashem, until when, O Lord, until when will this be effective against the people? That either, again, according to Rashi, that the people aren't able to hear from their own uh, choice or God imposing it on them. And God responded, until they become desolate, the cities, from lack of dwellers, and the houses, no people, and the land will be empty with desolation. Hashem will make man distant from the Azuva Beker of Aretz. Great will be the abandonment or the desolation in the midst of the land. In other words, the land will be empty of its people. Ba Assyria, there will still be a tenth. Veshava, and that tenth, that she'll go back. shall be to consumption. Ka'ela Vikha'alain. Ela and Alain are two types of trees, generally translate translated as oak and terebinth. Asher Bishalechas that when they drop their leaves, when they throw down their leaves, matseves bum, their trunk still remains. Zera koidesh matzavta, holy seed is its trunk. The core will remain. So basically what God is saying that this lack of understanding, again, again, whether it's by choice according to Rashi or divinely imposed according to Maimonides, will last until the people go through a refining process. So with this, we can understand perhaps the and resolve the contradiction between these verses over here in chapter 6, according to Maimonides' interpretation, where God is withholding repentance from the people, and in chapter 1, where he's calling them to repentance and guaranteeing that the repentance will work, be effective, and be accepted by God. This prophecy that we're talking about over here in chapter 6 was spoken in the days of Uzziah. In the days of Uzziah and the days of Yaisam that followed him, it seemed like that generally the people were spiritually okay. If you read 2 Kings chapter 15, 16, 2 Chronicles chapter 26, 27, 
they they were generally righteous kings, Uzi and Yaisam. They're followed by Ahaz, who was a extremely wicked king, as if you read further in Second Kings and in Second Chronicles. And we don't find any particular wave of repentance in those generations, like we find, for example, later on in the times of Hezekiah or the times of Josiah. It seems that God didn't want the people to repent in a way that will avoid the refining process. God, God wanted to bring upon the people a refining process, which can be understood either as taking place in the times of the Assyrian invasion, where the Assyrian kings took the ten tribes away into exile and devastated many of the Judean cities, as we'll read further. And God wanted the people to go through that refining process and this way eliminate the the extremely negative elements in society, as we see in chapter 1. In chapter 1 itself, when it speaks about the repentance, it says it speaks about the same refining process in, cha- in verse 25 of chapter 1 and verse 26. And uh, in verse 28, it speaks about the destruction, even though it speaks about the, repen- the repentance and the restoration of Jerusalem and Zion, but it speaks about the destruction of the wicked. If the people would have repented in the days of Uzziah and Yosem, then what would have happened is, is that the that would have this repentance would have prevented the suffering to come upon the people and that would have saved and preserved the the real negative elements the core rot that was in the people that was amongst the people and it would just perpetrated it pushed it off to another generation another generation this way repentance was withheld from the people for these generations, for the generations of Uzziah, Yaisam, and Ahaz, this way they can go through the refining process. The negative elements will be eliminated from the people. And then in the days of Hezekiah, they then they came back to repentance. They, they, they came back to God. And by this point, the negative elements were gone already. So the the purpose of the fattening of the hearts of the people and the and the withholding the understanding from them was that in order they should go through the refining process and come to the true repentance, which they did in the days of Hezekiah. The upshot of this as relates to us, because again, any prophecy that is necessary for future generations, those are the prophecies that were written down, is that we should never be satisfied that we fully understand everything that that we read in the prophets or God's message. We always have to suspect maybe there's some understanding that's being withheld for us from us. And therefore, we have to always pray for deeper understanding, always have to strive for deeper understanding, and never be satisfied that we know everything and we know all that we need to know. There's, and in, in our sages instituted in the prayers, that constantly this, this request for bring us back in complete repentance before you. In other words, we understand that even though repentance is something that's incumbent upon man, but it's not something that we could take for granted, that we're always doing it right. We always have to pray and ask for God's help that He allow us and grants us the understanding to make a true and a full repentance.